You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to MLB.com Extras, Atlanta Braves edition. I'm Matthew Leach, joined by Paul Hagan, and we'll be talking with MLB.com's Mark Bowman in a few minutes. Talking about a team that's overcome a tremendous amount, really even before the season started, and to some extent in season as well. Uh, Paul, what, what have you seen from this Braves team that's, that's made them successful so far? Well, I, I, I think you see a team that uh, can really bunch home runs, and when they're hitting home runs, they're a formidable team. Uh, very streaky, but when they're on a hot streak, they're hard to beat. Yeah, and that kind of brings me to my first question. Uh, uh, this offense has been all over the place. It can look really good, and it can look really bad. Uh, Mark, what do you see this offense is really, and, and what does the organization expect from it and, and intend to do to it, if anything, in the second half? You know, you look at the makeup, the DNA says that they're going to rely on the home run. We've seen it for the last two years with this lineup, lineup looking very similar. During their nine-game winning streak, you know, they did not – I think they hit a total of two home runs. Um, you know, they were putting the hits together. It was it was very uncharacteristic. They They were showing signs that – you know, that they could, uh, you know, play station to station and, and you know, string some hits together. Uh, as they've lost these last three games, you know, we've gone back to some of the maddening days where it, it seems like it's, it's a three-run home runner bus Tuesday night game against the Mets. They they had 12 hits and scored one run. It's, it's a, it is a maddening mix, you know, the B.J. Upton, when, when Freddie Gonzalez moved B.J. Upton to the leadoff spot there around the uh, the late latter part of June, it did not make a lot of sense when we asked Freddie about it. He did not really have a, a sound answer other than, hey, look, we got to try something. And my, my thinking is that, you know, it, BJ has shown some improvement. Uh, it has not been enough to, to to say that he needs to stay there. I think that eventually if they put Jason Hayward back in that uh, at the leadoff spot uh, and puts Anderson Simmons in the two-hole, they've got the makings of maybe a lineup that they can – uh, you know, string some things together and maybe not rely on that home run. Mark, uh, a team that's already been uh, beset by injuries this year, now Evan Gaddis is hurt. What's the prognosis on him, and what's the thought on um, Christian Bethencourt and whether he can really hold down the job, whether he's ready at this point? I really like Bethencourt behind the plate. It feels like a much cleaner game back there. You know, Evan Gaddis has worked as his tail off to, to become better defensively, but at the, at the same time, he's he's never going to be Christian Bethencourt um, from a defensive perspective. Um, and you know, I, I just think that they're they're a better team with Bethencourt behind the plate. But at the same time, you've got to have Evan Gaddis as bat in that lineup. Um, and putting him in left field, we saw enough of that last year that it, it could be you know too much of a risk, especially when last year. When you're putting him out there, he at least had some work in spring training. Uh, he had, he at least had some time to you know play play the position here and there. He has not played that this year, so I, it is going to be interesting to see what what happens when Gaddis comes back. I've talked to people within the organization as recently as this morning who are still pulling for them to put Gaddis in left field, but I do not get the sense that Freddie Gonzalez is, is one of those guys that, that is you know wants to do that. So. When Gaddis comes back, which they're hoping, you know, here maybe uh, five days to a week after the All-Star break, you know, once he comes back, I think he'll be back behind the plate, and you know, maybe Bethany Gore will go back down to the minors. 
one guy who who has added a little bit of a different dimension to this offense is Tommy Lastella. I mean, it seems like he's been exactly what they hoped and expected he would be. Do you think he he keeps this up? This hitting for average, getting on base, is, is this is this real? And and if so, do they have their second baseman not just for for this year, but maybe for a while? I think they certainly have their their second baseman for this year. And this is Tommy Lastella was exactly what they needed when they called him up there in late May. I think one encouraging thing about Tommy Lastella is. You know, he started off like a lot of the rookies, the, the highly touted rookies. They come up and they, they hit 380 plus 400 for the first week or two. Well, Tommy still had his dip. You know, he, he, he like everyone's going to have, inevitably, you're going to encounter some struggles. He even had a scout, you know, veteran scout that I really, you know, like a lot. He said, you know, see this 387, it's going to be 287 in a week. And it, it actually was. Uh, the, the good part about Tommy Lestella is, that 287 has not gone to 257. It, it just stayed right there and, it, you know, fluctuated back up in between 290, 300. Uh, and that's basically what you want to see from a young player like that. And you know, you're going to have your, your ebbs and flows, but, but here's a guy who, who is going to be able to consistently put the ball in play. Um, you know, if you look throughout his uh, professional career, he's always walked more than he's struck out. And, and he's had those kind of the bats up here. They weren't, I don't think it was wise when they moved into the leadoff spot there for a few days. That was probably a little too much, too soon type of thing. But uh, put him down there in that 6-7 hole, he, he, he helps turn things over down there at the bottom of the lineup. Of course, the, the second part of that is, what do you do about Dan Ugla? Is there a market out there for him? You know, I don't think so. I, this winter, I think that they felt like they may have been close to a, to a deal with, with a team. It, it never materialized, and... Uh, you know, I, when I say a team, that's basically what it was. There was, you know, that team was going to take at the time. Ugla was owed twenty-six million. I think that team was probably going to uh, assume about ten million of that. Um, that cost over the final two years. You know, right now it's it, it, it is tough tough for them to carry Dan Ugla. You know, any any National League roster, every roster spot is valuable. Uh, you put a position player here who is very limited defensively. Uh, he's had 27 at bats since about May 6th. Uh, it, it, it's basically they're they're basically playing with um, you know one one position player short every day. Yes, they will try to move him, but I just don't see it happening. But you know the, the one way you do it is you find uh, you know one of your top prospects or you know or not not top prospect maybe but. A, a prospect that's uh, you know drawing interest from from other teams. You say, look, the only way we're going to deal him is if if you you take you know a force ugly salary, and then by by the time next year arrives, you know I do think that they will release Ugla right now. Uh, you know, all they keep saying is that they cannot do it from a financial standpoint. Uh, we all look at it as sunk costs. They don't they don't view it that way. Oh, so you think they will play basically as you say, one man down for the rest of the season? I mean, yeah, I mean, and, 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 and you know, Dan Ugla will be there, but at the same time, it's a, uh, there's not much of a role for him there. Like I said, it's, we're talking 26 to bats, you know, now over the last two months. Um, and the only two hits he's had during that span have been in non pinch hit appearances. We've seen him make, uh, I believe it's only four starts since, I think, May 23rd or so. So he's, uh, yeah, it's a tough position for Freddie Gonzalez. Um, you know, you're you're managing a game every night, uh, one position player short. 
Mark, there, there's been a lot of pleasant surprises, especially early in the year in this rotation. It seems like maybe lately it's starting to show a few of the cracks from dealing without all the guys they've been dealing without. Uh, do, do they feel like they need to go out and add another starting pitcher? Uh, and, and if not, what, what do you think the prognosis is for this rotation beyond Tehran in the second half? Well, I, yes, I do think that they are they're well aware of that uh, the clock might strike midnight finally for Aaron Ryan. I know we've all been waiting for this clock to strike midnight since late April. Uh, you know, when, when Gavin Floyd was healthy there a few weeks ago, they were looking to try to, to move it, harangue. Uh, you know, to, you know, they were saying that he was the guy that they were going to see if they could get some value out of whether it was a bullpen arm, whatever you could get. Um, yes, I think they would like to, to maybe upgrade their rotation, but they're very limited from a financial standpoint because in March, when they gave Irvin Santana the $14.1 million salary per contract, that they weren't that they exceeded budget at that point. They were basically already at their uh, budget, uh, you know, at the payrolls. Um, they had already exceeded budget at that point in time. So now, <clears throat> anything that they do, they would like to rather cut cost than add cost. So yeah, they're going to have to be creative. They did this in 2011 when they went and got Michael Bourne. Frank Wren ended up giving the Astros an extra prospect or two, and and that allowed them to uh, get away with not paying any 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 of Michael Bourne's salary that he was owed there in 2011. But you know that's it's tough to do that, uh, and at the same time, especially when you're looking to to find a starting pitcher that's going to make a difference. Um, you know, I, I think they have something with with Julio Duran, something special. What they need to hope for is that Irvin Santana starts to pitch a little bit more like he has the last two or three times out, and they need Mike Meyer to turn, you know, get back to who he was the last year and a half. Uh, he just has never gotten going this year. If if they can get those guys consistent, they have the pieces, you know, to, to you know, certainly make a run and, and possibly win the division again. The question will be, you know, once they get to the playoffs, can, you know, to the wrong matchup against Kershaw, blah, 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 the same spot that they were last year. Is it fair to say that Miner and Santana are as pivotal as pivotal as anybody on the roster, or maybe more so than anybody else? That, that what those guys can be and what they have been recently. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, because it, 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 it's always it's always going to come down to pitching. Um, you, Alex Wood can play a big role. Uh, you know, I don't want to forget about Alex. He's a, a guy who has pitched effectively you know, almost every one of his starts this year. He obviously took. Uh, six weeks to two months off there just because his innings limit was, you know, he was going to throw far beyond the 170 to 180 innings that they wanted him to throw here during what is just his second full professional season. I mean, this kid, you know, just two years ago at this time was just being introduced to the professional uh, baseball. So they uh, can can he make a difference down the stretch? Sure. You know, and and, uh, they, they have Julio Tehran, who is, you know, maybe a solid number two right now, or some people might say, you know, you know, he's a, a fringe number one. And then they have, you know, a bunch of number, you know, maybe bottom level number two or a couple of bottom level number twos and, and number threes. There, there's a lot of middle of the rotation guys here that, uh, you know, you just want to see which way they go here down during the last couple of months. The Atlanta Braves, Mark, are a team that's done a great job of hanging in there despite a lot of injuries, and and uh, we certainly expect to see them hanging in there for the rest of the year. Thanks for joining us. 